Welcome to Voicing Startups, where I, Colin Bournes, interview founders and operators changing the world through audio, voice, and conversational technology. This week on the Voicing Startups podcast, I am talking with Josh, CPO of What Three Words. What Three Words is a simple way to talk about location. The What Three Words team has made the entire world a grid of three meter squares that each have a unique three word address that will never change. For example, filled.count.soap marks the exact entrance to What Three Words London headquarters. The benefit is that three word addresses are easy to say and share and are as accurate as GPS coordinates. People are using What Three Words for everything from finding a tent at a festival to properly directing emergency services. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Voicing Startups. Hey, Josh, thanks for coming on the Voicing Startups podcast. Hey, Colin, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Can we just start with a uh, quick background of yourself? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, my name is Josh Wigmore. Um, I head up the product team at What Three Words. Um, I've been here uh, just over two and a half years, um, where we've enjoyed some some great growth and um, rolling out some some really really interesting products, um, including quite a lot in the voice space. Um, prior to that, I was um, at Apple for quite a few years as well in a, a lot of various different roles, um, and yeah, just just really enjoying enjoying what we're doing here at What Three Words and keen to talk about it. Yeah, so if you had to give sort of the elevator pitch of what three words and then the origin story, I'd be uh, really excited to hear that. Yeah, um, sure. So I guess uh, what three words was really started with um, a mission to help everyone talk about everywhere. That's kind of our our, our, our core mission. Um, the company was actually really born out of our co-founders' frustration with bands um, going missing when they were trying to find gig venues. Um and this, this sort of culminated in this moment where a band actually sound checked at the incorrect wedding, um, which was quite an unbelievable moment for him. Um, so he was looking for a solution to this. He actually tried giving them um, latitude and longitude, which are obviously really, really accurate. But unfortunately, that had a similar problem. Um, they're very difficult to remember. They get entered incorrectly. Um, and so he basically said, look, we need to have a, a better solution to this. There has to be a better solution to this. Um, and so along with a friend of his, who was a mathematician, they pretty much had a dictionary and they were like, right, we're going to solve this. Um, let's come up with a solution. And that's essentially what came, what three words. That's um, awesome. <clears throat> Sorry, did you have more? No, no, no. So I was just going to jump into kind of what, what the business does. Um, so I guess the way to really think about what three words is it's essentially a more human version of GPS coordinates. So latitude and longitude. Um, and we love we love GPS. We love coordinates. They're they're super accurate, um, but they're very very difficult to share. And if you ask anyone to remember two nine digit numbers, then try and type them in or say them to someone or recall them a few minutes later, the chances are they're really not going to be able to do that. Um, and so, what three words has essentially divided the surface of the world into fifty seven trillion squares. Every single one of those squares is three by three meters. Um, and then we've given every single one of those squares a unique address made up of three words from the English dictionary. 
Um, so for example, the square I'm literally sitting in talking to you right now is hats, paper, wages. Um, and you can take that through an address and translate it into uh, any of our 40 plus languages. So anyone in any of those languages can refer to this location, the language that they understand and they're able to talk about. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely want to dig in deeper on the product uh, specifically, but before we dig into the product, and, and I think that uh, clearly laid out the, the problem solved that you guys are going after and really the key value proposition of being able to solve that problem. Um, but what's really the business model with what three words? And then um, what's the target market that you're, you're going after? So um, our, our business model at the moment is largely that we have um, a number of portals where users can discover their three-word address for free. So you can get one of our uh, mobile apps that are free on iOS and Android um, or our web-based map. Um, and you can log on there, find your three-word address and start sharing it and using it totally for free. Um, the business model is that we license our conversion technology out to uh, various different corporate companies that want to do that conversion. So if I'm a logistics provider and I'm receiving uh, three-word addresses from customers who want parcels delivered to those three-word addresses, uh, we have a license in place with that provider. They can make that conversion and then they can go and deliver that parcel to that exact place. Um, and so really the use cases for what three words are any situation where a human needs to communicate a location. So this could be someone talking on the phone when they're on a hiking trip, telling someone the exact location of where to meet them, for example. Um, it could be ordering a ride hailing service to make sure that they're dropped off at the exact place for a meeting rather than just the rough location that they've been given. Um, and it could also be ordering a parcel to make sure it's delivered to your exact mailbox or your exact front door rather than being dropped off around the corner or a missed delivery and you get a little card or something like that. Um, so at any time that location is relevant, what three words could be used essentially. Yeah, the, the sort of business applications of that, they seem um, pr pretty extensive. Um, but in terms of the actual consumer app, because you mentioned you have the iOS and Android um, apps, uh, and you guys are further along in terms of uh, the company journey. I know you guys are pretty well funded, um, as opposed to some of the, the past interviews that I've done on this podcast. Uh, so I'd be curious to know, sort of two-sided in terms of the consumer app um what really what that product evolution has been like um over the years and then really what is the user experience that a, a customer could expect today if they were to download that that what three words app yeah um so i guess our our app has really always been about um a kind of lighthouse experience for the best way for a user to uh primarily educate themselves on what, what three words is and learn about the system and then discover a three word address. And that's really the, the two main aims of that app. The, the key third part, which is use, use that address is really thought about in respect to the rest of the ecosystem. So once you have that three word address and you understand how to use them, we really hope that you go out and you share it with friends and maybe you'll share it to your favorite nav app or your favorite ride hailing app and you'll use it to go to those locations having found the location originally from ours. Um, and a lot of the previous work has always been about refining that process into being that, that really great discovery experience. Um, the, the future plan for that is a lot more about building out that ecosystem. And what we hope is that a lot less discovery will eventually take place in our app and will happen a lot more in other apps. 
um, where users are maybe more familiar with using at the moment, they'll do the current behavior that they, they're used to, but their place will pop up that they've done a search for, the 300 address will be there and they say, oh great, I'll share that with my friend and then they'll know exactly how to find me there. Um, and so it's, it's previously been, been a lighthouse and we're, we're moving it towards being more of a, just a showcase for how you could do it, but how we hope developers will take our tech and, and build it into their own solutions. Yeah, and obviously um, this is a, a voice focused, audio and voice focused podcast. Um, so I'd be curious to know also um, in terms of that user experience, how, how voice plays a role. Is there um, other sort of touch points, be it uh, whether it's like an Apple Watch or um, obviously the growing hearable market, is this an experience that uh, is also able to be used on those sort of um, pieces of hardware or, or what, what, how does voice really make its way into this product? It does, absolutely, yeah. Um, so maybe just to start, I'll give you a bit of background as to where, how we thought about voice and the design, because design was really inherent to the way that, that what through words is kind of conceived. Um, it's all about everyone talking about everywhere, as I mentioned before, and the key word there really being talk. Um, so the fact is traditional addresses just aren't great for voice. Um, a, a couple of random examples in our London area near where our office is here, there's uh, more than 15 church roads. So if you're saying church road to a standard voice system, it's not expected to know which church road you're, you're talking about and has to use a lot of other logic to try and guess that. Um, and so our word lists that we use in our system have really been created from the ground up to remove all of these headaches. Um, we've removed all homophones from all of our word lists. So you'll never have a situation like time and time the herb. Um, those just don't exist. So whenever we can get an ASR engine to validate against our list, it knows it shouldn't be listening for words like that. So it's never going to have that conflict. Um, and then we also ensure that similar sounding places are located far away from each other around the world. So if I'm saying something like index home raft, which is our old office, um, and the ASR maybe hears that I said indexes home raft, which could just be a slip of the speech. Um, we have a number of bits of error correction and also suggest technology that will say, oh, well, indexes home raft actually happens to be in Australia. We can see that you're in the UK, so you probably mean index home raft. So we might show you indexes home raft as the second suggestion, but we'll bump that nearer location to the top because we think that's more relevant to you. Um, and so that's, that's another example of just something we do where we're aware that voices can interpret things differently and can say things differently, accents can say things differently. Um, and, and, and further onto that, we also have done a lot of work to ensure that shorter words are located in places where um, people who speak that language are more likely to use them. So for example, in England, there's going to be a lot of shorter English words. Um, there's going to be a lot of longer Japanese words. In Tokyo, the Japanese words will be shorter, the English words will be longer. So we've tried to make them short and easy to speak and say and understand in areas where they're more likely to be used. Um, so that's, there's really the inherent ways that the whole system has been designed for voice right from the ground up. Yeah, it's super interesting. And uh, um, I like how you mentioned the the really creating the infrastructure for third-party developers to come on and, and, and see the opportunity. Uh, I'd be curious to jump more into that sort of business side as opposed to the consumer app um, and really talk about to date maybe any case studies or um, customer success stories for that business, to the, more of that B2B offering that you guys have. 
um, any, any sort of use cases uh, would be super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in particular in the car industry, the automotive industry is a, an area where there's quite a huge pain point for voice, um, especially entering long addresses into car speech recognition systems can be difficult and for the reasons I, I highlighted before. Also, because you tend to be driving, there's a lot of road noise, lots, lots of various different reasons. Um, so we are integrated into Mercedes, um, into all of the Mercedes models that use the MBUX system. So in those situations, you can literally say, um, hey, Mercedes, navigate to what three words, table, chair, spoon, and that exact square will appear in the Mercedes sat-nav and will navigate you there immediately. Um, we've also just announced a, a similar partnership with Tata Motors um, across India. So they are bringing that exact same uh, user flow to some of their latest models that are coming out. Um, and that, that just feels like a, a really, really um, obvious use case for why being able to just enter and address that quickly and accurately into a car is, is incredibly powerful. Um, on, on a slightly non-voice related note, but just as an example of an area where um, we are also seeing great integrations happening is in the e-com space. Um, so in South Africa, we have um, a company called iStore, who is kind of a, an authorized reseller of Apple products. And you can enter a three-word address into their checkout pages and have any of your consumer electronics delivered to the exact three-word address the way you've entered it. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's a couple of, of really, really powerful use cases um, in that B2B area. Um, just another area to call out, particularly in the UK, which has been really, um, I guess, touching for us, has been the use that's been adopted in the emergency services across the UK, which I don't know if you've seen any of the coverage for. Um, so we're now accepted by over 80 different services across the ambulances, fire um, and police, police forces. Um, and so that's where those forces are able to take a three-word address if a caller lets them know the location they are at. Um, and we've had a ton of amazing stories of people using this to be rescued on mountains. Um, just this last week, there was an issue of someone getting rescued at Ben Nevis, which is one of the tallest mountains in the UK. Um, and it's just amazing to see how that technology is being used in that way. Um, and we also have a couple of very short web links that the call centers can send out. The user gets the web link on their phone, quickly opens it, gets the three words, and then using voice can just read that back over the phone. And if you imagine how that similar issue would have been if they were trying to read to latitude, uh, latitude and longitude, as I mentioned before, it, the, the chance of them getting that right in that kind of high stress situation is just not likely. Um, and so it's, it's incredibly powerful to see it being used there as well. Yeah, actually, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, and um, I, I heard that at least here in the U.S., there was a frustration from um, dispatchers that uh, getting the correct location is, is super frustrating when people you know show up to the wrong locations. And I really like that example because um, it's able to clearly paint the picture for anyone that might be um, you know trying to picture uh, a good use case for this. That that really drives it home. Um, but in terms of uh, actually growing. Um, you know, sort of like that venture level, uh, large size business. I'd be curious to know in terms of the actual product and, and when you guys are going out to um, these different potential partners to, to create things like that, such as emergency um, services, how easy is it for you guys to actually scale this product um, into those different sorts of use cases? 
what, what sort of infrastructure is in place um, right now to, to allow for you guys to really um, not be, and I guess the way I look at it is not be constrained by your own thinking of where this can really go because it seems like there really is so many different use cases for this product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess because what we're essentially trying to facilitate is a behavioral change. Um, there's a lot of people who have grown up with addresses in the way that they are. The addressing systems in a lot of countries are a couple of hundred years old. And that cha changing the way people think about that is, is a challenge. Um, so we spend an equal amount of our time between the uh, B2C kind of education of, of users and helping them to see the benefits of why they should use it and how they can use it through our rapid map and other, other avenues, whilst at the same time very heavily engaging the B2B um, community on creating platforms and portals for those three word addresses to be entered into. Um, because if you only have one half of that puzzle, you're only ever going to be able to um, um, satisfy half of our audience, which is, is, is not going to allow us to create the kind of global standard that we're looking to do. Um, so so that, that's the plan and that takes our kind of a, a lot of our resource across the entire company. Um, one thing that we've uh, been recently talking about a lot is the release of our new voice, uh, voice API, um, which we've built in, in partnership with a company called Speechmatics. Um, who I don't know if you've come across, but who do um, a lot of ASR work as well. And the benefits of the voice API is that it's an online uh, voice API that can just take an audio sample, pass through um, either a streamed web socket or a direct um, sending of, a, of an audio file, and will instantly recognize and send back that three-word address in over eight languages that we currently support, and we're, we're planning on adding many more. Um, but the ease with which that that can be deployed into different um, environments and platforms is incredibly powerful, and it massively, uh, I guess, reduces the barrier to entry to lots of smaller developers who are looking to quickly add an easy way for a user to enter location with voice into their app or their platform or um, what, whatever whatever solution they're looking for. Um, and actually, to answer one of your questions right at the beginning as to what kind of platforms we're looking at, we're, we're now heavily trying to create as many examples as we can to help the developer community see how that can be done. So um, we've got a really good uh, developer portal, which is located at developer.whatwords.com, where we showcase all of our tutorials, various different API playgrounds, so you can quickly get started with all of our APIs. Um, and so we have a web-based voice demo there where you can quickly just see it entering speaker through your address and it will recognize it and then you can grab a tutorial uh, we currently have a python tutorial now at the moment but we're going to be adding a few different ones soon and um, just get that into your into your uh, solution as soon as possible um, and then we have also been uh, working on that we're releasing very shortly an apple watch version of that as well which does exactly the same thing um, so quickly allows you to enter a three-word address wherever you are um, with either a cellular connection to the watch or hard paired, sorry, with the, with the phone. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's a super quick, easy way to get the address in and then share or nav to it, however you want to use it. Yeah. And, you know, um, in terms of sort of creating that three by three meter uh, indexing across the, the whole world is, is very unique in and of itself. Uh, but I'd also be curious to know, 
Um, I don't know exactly how you might look at the competitor landscape um, or really what sort of competitors are out there, but I'd be interested to know how you really differentiate yourself as a company and what really makes you unique and defensible to either any incumbent competitors that you might see or, or maybe some that might come up in the future. Yeah, uh, I think one of the interesting challenges we have when we especially try and benchmark ourselves against others is there aren't a huge amount of competitors in the space. Um, there are similar implementations just trying to do similar things. Um, Google Plus Codes is an example of something doing something similar but in a different way. Um, but what it really comes down to is the the human element I was talking about at the beginning where if you're ever in a situation where a human is communicating a location to a human or a human to machine uh, or a machine to a human, that is where the benefit of what the words comes in because they are real words that real people can see and speak. And critically, they are localized into over 40, 40 languages that we support. Um, and the, the benefits of that can't really be overstated in terms of trying to create a global solution. If you imagine you go to uh, a Japan, as someone from England, you go to Japan, the majority of the signs are going to be in Japanese. Even yeah. if you wanted to read those signs, if you don't speak Japanese, you cannot do it. Um, but by being able to say, have a three-word address sign there in Japanese and being able to quickly scan it, which is one of the kind of side projects that we've created, scan that address or get that address into your app and switch it into English, you can immediately uh, identify that exact location in the English version. Um, and so it, it makes the, it completely breaks down the barriers for people to be able to travel around the world in a language that they understand and reference a location that they understand and share it with others as well. Um, and to us, there's not really anyone doing anything like that in space at the scale that we're doing. it. Yeah. I appreciate you really, uh, focusing on that. Cause that, that was just from this conversation. One of the, the key things that I pulled out, um, was yeah, step one, it's nice to create that sort of index around the world, but really to connect everybody, um, by bringing in all those different languages, the, the power of that, um, you, you really clearly stated that. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, the next thing I'd be interested in, in kind of to wrap up this interview and, and put a bow on the, the, the whole sort of conversation, I'd be curious to know, um, really, where do you see this company and, and product going um, really over like the next few years ahead, um, really, really into the really like the next five or 10 years? Uh, yeah, so I think I, I kind of mentioned that the, the goal is to become a global standard. I think you don't become a global standard overnight. Um, and as I said, the, the behavioral shift is uh it's it's a big shift and in lots of different countries where the perception of addressing is very different that shift is a much bigger or much lower barrier to entry um so we'd love to say that in a certain amount of years we would be the global standard um you would open whatever your favorite mapping app um or location app is you would uh, search for a location as you maybe normally would, but the point is that you would be able to talk about that location to however you needed to communicate it with that address. Mm. And it would become second nature. When you see the three slashes and the word dot word dot word, that becomes a um, an instant recognition of, oh, that's a three word address. I can send that and someone will know exactly this place I'm talking about. Um, 
And we already start to see that with um, the thousands of listings that we have around the world where we see them popping up on um, Airbnb listings and um, various other hotel listings all across the web, which is, which is fantastic to see. Um, I think it's specifically talking about voice, the voice industry is, is changing incredibly fast. It's amazing to see, I guess, how fast it's even developed in the few years that we've been actively part of, of that developer community. Um, I'd say that we do still believe that cars will be a huge part of that, um, particularly as you get the rise of self-driving cars and people interacting with the car less and less and essentially just wanting it to take them places. It makes sense for that, for the interface into those devices to be as seamless and natural as possible. And voice is the best way to do that because it, it is just the way that we all communicate in daily life anyway. So why shouldn't we use it to communicate with with machines and with our with our digital assistants, um, and so we hope that that what two words becomes the the location part of that conversation essentially. Yeah, and aside from uh, just the car, is there anything else that gets you ex specifically excited about? You know, really the the audio and voice space as well over the next few years ahead. I mean, for me personally, I would love to see a bit more of a. I guess a synergy and a collaboration happening a bit more with some of the bigger manufacturers on the voice platforms, particularly the assistants. Um, I am a big voice user myself. I have an Alexa, a couple of Alexas, a couple of Googles at home, and even I get confused with which one I'm talking about because of the syntax, the trigger words, who does what, which one is sensitive to different things. And I do think that in order for voice to take on the kind of mass adoption that we all hope it will do in working in the voice industry that is going to need to be synthesized a little better in order for users to just kind of feel confident talking to any smart device rather than trying to know how they talk to it and, and the different ways um so yeah I'd, I'd love to see that kind of converging over the next few years as as that stuff advances yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> uh, well, Josh, thanks thanks so much for coming on the podcast. For people that um, might want to download the actual app or follow you and what the company is up to, where's the best places to um, follow you or reach out to you? Yeah, so um, if you are if you are a developer, 100%, please um, check us out at developer.whatthroughwords.com. Um, we've got a an ever-expanding developer portal on there with tons of resources. You can get started with our API for free, um, and we'd love to see what people build. Um, our mobile apps are available for iOS, Android, and soon-to-be Apple Watch. So those are on the standard stores. Um, the What Three Words handles on Instagram and Twitter are literally just What Three Words with a three. Um, so please join those. Um, yeah, and I'm on LinkedIn, um, Josh Wigmore, for any any questions. Love to hear any feedback or questions as a follow-up. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Josh. No, thank you very much for having me. It's great to chat. This podcast is sponsored by Voice Punch VC. Voice Punch is a venture capital fund that is focused on voice-driven and voice-connected technology. So if you are a company or an entrepreneur that has a product that is in this sort of space, much like a lot of the different companies that I am interviewing, then you should reach out to the team by going to voicepunch.vc. 